Hello, Duke fans, and welcome to episode 369. That's 369. It's a fun sequence of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. It is Sunday morning, December 19th, 2021. We are just a few days away from Christmas. And what is your present? Duke is back on a three-game winning streak after its exam break. I am your host for this episode. I am Sam Klein. I am coming to you from my home in Boston. Donald Wine is also in Boston. He is not physically in the room with me uh, because I was feeling a little sick this week and I don't want to risk it. So, Donald, good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. I was up here for a charity ball, uh, and the charity ball was a great time last night. It's really this whole weekend, but uh, I'm sorry I'm in your in your city and didn't get a chance to see you. But as you mentioned, uh, better safe than sorry. Uh, so hopefully you uh, are feeling a little bit better. A little bit, a little bit, and uh, hopefully that continues. Donald, your charity ball might be the last event that you get to go to for a while, um, because as we are going to talk about, uh, the coronavirus is back in in at events and and in college basketball it led to a lot of changes for duke this week we are going to talk about that jason evans is not here unfortunately he is on vacation with his family so we uh we will say jason hope that you are having a great time and that you at least got to watch the games or glance at them while you were doing other fun maybe even more fun things uh than watching basketball on tv i will not render any judgment on on how one chooses to spend their time. So, well, it's a confusing week for Duke fans. I was not here for the show on Wednesday when we recapped Duke's first game uh, post-exam break. That was the game against South Carolina State. Duke subsequently, since we last spoke, has played two games. The first was against Appalachian State on Thursday night. That went as scheduled. And then on Friday, we found out that Cleveland State, the team that Duke was supposed to play on Saturday, had a COVID issue. So the Duke Athletic Department uh, put out a put out a public message that they were looking for an opponent. And when one of the blue bloods of college basketball says, you know, we're, we're looking for an emergency opponent, uh, you can expect all kinds of reactions to that. Lots of coaches were tweeting back to the program and saying, pick us, pick us, pick us. We will travel. We'll be there. We've been testing, blah, blah, blah. And uh, and then there was a whole hullabaloo of of reaction to that. So we'll talk about that first, but the, re- the end result of that Duke was at some point for a few hours, they're going to play Loyola of Maryland. They ended up getting uh, enough positive cases that they weren't able to travel. Then Duke scheduled Elon who they finally did play on Saturday night. So the, the net result of this weekend for Duke is they got a, a 30 point victory or a 25 point victory rather over Appalachian state. They got a 30 point victory over uh, Elon was supposed to be Cleveland State. So Duke is 3 and 0 post exam break, but first Donald, I want to ask you, what did you make of the whole sequence from Friday morning to Saturday night when Duke's opponent was constantly changing? There were rumors about about sort of more quote unquote interesting opponents that, that Duke might have gotten. What what were you thinking through all of this? Well, I, I think the sequence even begins on like Wednesday afternoon because right after we finished recording uh, the episode that you were not on is when we learned about uh, Cleveland State having to pull out. So then there was the whole thing, because I went down to the Appalachian State game uh, on Thursday, we'll talk about that in, in just a second, but we go down there and they didn't know who they were playing on Saturday at that point. Friday morning, we find out it's Loyola of Maryland. I go, great, we have a game. And then a couple hours later, it was, nope, just kidding. Uh, we don't have a game. And then we have Elon. And then at this point, we're, we're kind of going back, Sam, to last year, where we're kind of like, hey, we might play Elon. 
uh, today. So hopefully the game goes off as scheduled. Uh, and it did finally. So, but it sounds like this is going to be something that we're going to have to deal with uh, for the next, you know, foreseeable future. Because as you know, Sam, and as a lot of the, our listeners know, a lot of sporting events have been canceled or postponed or moved uh, or pushed back uh, because of, uh, of COVID cases creeping, creeping up amongst uh, teams. And, and, and so I, I think this is going to be something that, again, the psyche has to be there that you're going to have to kind of roll these punches and figure out that some of these games are not going to be held as scheduled. Uh, t- I believe Tennessee and Vanderbilt were supposed to play a basketball Tennessee game. Tennessee and Memphis. This, Tennessee and, and Memphis, Memphis were supposed sorry, to play, yeah. yeah. And, and that game was canceled 70 minutes before tip-off, so Tennessee just had a scrimmage with themselves. Uh, so those are some of the things that you, now that we thought we wouldn't have to deal with this season in abundance like we did last year, but it sounds like this is something that we're going to have to deal with again. Yeah, at the very least, it feels like for the next couple of weeks, there's going to be a lot of disruption to the college basketball schedule. You cited the, the Tennessee-Memphis game, but there were a number of other games involving big time, but also you know smaller programs that did not get to get played. And, and it's one thing for that to happen, I think, early in the season when it's a lot of non-conference play. Now we're starting to get into conference schedules where... Uh, teams are like not that not that the non-conference games don't matter. Duke's games against you know Gonzaga and Ohio State and Kentucky are are, are important points on their resume, but that the conference games uh, sort of mean a little bit more because they go into a separate standings, and those are the games that are now about to start getting moved around because of this variant. What we hope, I, I think, and I'll speak for myself at least, is that you know like this disruption is going to happen. Um, it feels like the Omicron variant is spreading around right now very rapidly. And it's also right before the Christmas break that a lot of schools go on and a lot of um, a lot of companies go on, a lot of employers go on. So people are just going to be moving around a lot in the next two, three weeks as you have the Christmas holidays, you have New Year's. And what we hope is that the spread is at least contained to this portion of the schedule and that it doesn't bleed into too much into January and February that would cause a lot more disruption to the schedule. And I, I don't want to say that we were lucky, right. in, in get, being able to schedule Elon because, you know, these things are going to happen. I do think in a way it is lucky that it was during the non-conference schedule because you can schedule anyone else in exchange, right? Like you don't have to sit there. Like for last year, there's a lot of games. Remember yeah, if Duke's, even play if Duke's game against Virginia tech gets canceled this week, then that's it. Like there's no, that's it. Got, there's no alternative. Right. You either schedule the reschedule them or you don't. Uh, I mean, remember last year we didn't play Florida state at all during the regular season or, and we were supposed to play them in the postseason. All those games were postponed one way or another due to COVID. So I think this is a little bit lucky in that we were able to, you know, say, Hey, who wants to, who wants to play us on Saturday at four o'clock. And we were able to get a couple of opponents, one of which we eventually played. I think, if we get into ACC season or just the conference schedule is going to be much harder logistics because you have to reschedule that game against that opponent. And there's, as you know, just not a lot of open dates on the calendar for both teams to be free to play where it doesn't affect the rest of the schedule. So now I want to talk about the games that Duke actually did get to play starting Thursday with app state, the Mountaineers fell to the blue devils 82 or 92, excuse me to 67. Donald, you were in the building. For this game, so you are going to have the the full report on this, but let's start with the headline. Uh, so my headline is, "I'm back, baby." Return to Cameron, successful in beatdown of Appalachian State. I like it. 
I have uh, Duke climbing to its peak because App State are the Mountaineers. So that was my that was my somewhat punny headline for this. But Donald, I'm going to let you uh, kick this off and 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 walk me through the whole uh, the whole experience of being back there. I of course got to attend a couple games earlier this season in Cameron, but this was your first time back there. Uh, you know, post beginning of the coronavirus pandemic. I won't say post pandemic. It's certainly still going on. But uh, tell me about it, man. Uh, it was great. Uh, it was great to be back there. I, I, a lot of you know, I live in DC, so it's about a four-hour drive to campus from DC. I went down and back uh, the same day uh, because, I, again, I had to come up to Boston for this charity ball. Uh, but I, I really just enjoyed being back. It was the first time since I believe Sam, you and I were at the Miami game right before this whole uh, pandemic started, where we were together at that game. Uh, so it was the first time in almost two years that I had been back in Cameron and. and Tell you, I miss that place so much. So I really want to thank, I want to shout out two people uh, who set me up with tickets, uh, Ryan Fulton and Gabe Subiyama, uh, two, two listeners of ours. Uh, really, really appreciate uh, you setting me up so that I can go experience Cameron uh, this year. It was great to be back. So the game itself is funny. The game itself in the first half was kind of, it was very entertaining if you were a neutral fan. But as a Duke fan, it was wholly frustrating because it seemed like, Appalachia State could miss from anywhere. Uh, the, the just the onslaught that they had, where it was just run after run on both teams. If you're a neutral fan, it was. I mean, people were texting me, going, "Man, this game's exciting." I'm like, "I'm like, yeah, it's exciting for you." It was not exciting for me. It was very frustrating because once we would go on a run, Appalachia State would just creep right back. And for the first like 23 minutes or so of the basketball game, that, that was what it was. We were able to have a 13 point lead at halftime. And then right off the bat, I believe it was like a 10 or 11 to three run that App State went on to start the second half in the first like two minutes. Coach K calls the timeout. Then all of a sudden, that's when everything clicked on and all the motors, you know, were, were synced for Duke. And I think that's where we started to kind of pull away and run away with it to the point where we could play uh, our walk-ons, which, you know, our walk-ons got a lot of burn this week from these three games. So uh, I, all, all in all, a great, great time. Again, thank Ryan and Gabe for I mean, my friend Rosie, I got to sit with her as well. Uh, so shout out to her uh, and her family. It was great to catch up with some old friends and, and be back in the place I call home. One of the things I'm curious about, Donald, is the atmosphere in Cameron, because this is Thursday after exams had ended on Sunday or Monday. So I assume mm-hmm. that most of the Duke students were gone. And at the same time, Duke was able to like go on that great run at the end of the first half, which I think is something that that, you know, good teams are, are able to do. They're able to like right around halftime, either right before or right after be like, all right, time to time to turn it on and, and create separation. Obviously most of that lead disappeared in the second half as app state crept back to just five down. But what, what did it feel like in Cameron on Thursday? It was great in the sense that, you know, the students were mostly gone, but there were still some students there. Obviously the ones uh, Sam, as you know, that are local will stay and go to those games over the break. You know, there was a couple of line monitors that were there that are local. So I got a chance to say hello to them. But the, the the vibe of everything felt like a normal game, right? It felt like because there, I, this is the time of year where people who don't get to go to Cameron a lot get to experience Cameron. Again, a lot of people are off break. The students are gone. More tickets are available to non-students uh, and alums. And, you know, people who just aren't able to make it down during the holidays. So this is an opportunity for people to experience Cameron, some of them for the first time. And so that energy was there because everyone knew, Hey, if I'm sitting down here, I got to, 
I got to pretend I get to pretend for one night that I'm a student. And so I think the band was on point, you know, the, the grad students were there, the students were there. And then there was those people who were able to make it fun. So when that run happened right after they crept to within five, we went on that run that involved like a couple of dunks and then like three threes in a row. The building was, was live. It, it was again, like the students were back. And I think that's where the spark came, the energy and the motivation came from that crowd being, you know, getting behind those first couple of points. And then once we hit a three, we knew the floodgates were open and the building just started shaking. So that is what Cameron should be like. And so it wasn't the, the students were missed, obviously, but I do think that everyone who was there on Thursday night was able to make up for it. All right. On the, on the good front and specific to, to some of the guys on this team, uh, there were two guys I specifically wanted to call out. One of them is probably the person we've talked about the most so far this season who has played a pivotal role for Duke, and that's Wendell Moore, who was everywhere in the game against App State, had another uh, 10-5-5 game, which we are tracking for the stats game. He went for 21 points, six assists, five rebounds, uh, which is an excellent night for him, and also made all four of his three-pointers, which really is a, a microcosm of of the whole game, Duke Duke's shooting in this game, particularly from outside, was really stellar. 15 for 30, that's a 50% clip from beyond the arc. That is that is a hard thing to beat when you are playing a team that is shooting volume and percentage from outside. Uh, Duke scores 92 in this game, and it, it almost felt like, like an easy 92. The other guy that I wanted to highlight before I turn it back to you, Donald, is A.J. Griffin, who... We know has had um, we know has had a, a tough start to his season. He obviously is coming off uh, an injury. He had a had a knee injury that, that sidelined him in the preseason and has made him sort of limited availability here early in the season. It feels like that exam break was was just a little extra bit of I don't know if it was rest or preparation that he needed, but he feels much more in the flow of the game now. Eleven points in this game, including a couple of made threes, which is great to see from anyone because. Because uh, Duke, you know, outside of this game, Duke has really struggled from three this season. So hopefully this game is is more of an indicator than an outlier. And uh, just really proud of, of A.J. Griffin for the, the progress that he's made. 19 minutes in this game. And then when we talk about the Elon game after the break, um, a, a, another strong showing from him. So it's not like I don't think we're going to see A.J. Griffin play 30 minutes, maybe in any game this season. You know, maybe later in the season he will. But if he's giving Duke 20 really strong minutes where he's grabbing a few rebounds, he's playing a bit of defense, he's making a couple of shots. That is probably all Duke needs from him to be successful this season. So who else, or, or, or if you wanted to react to either of those, but, but who else did you see on the Duke team on, on Thursday that were highlights for you? I'm glad you mentioned AJ Griffin because not only did he impact on the scoreboard, he impacted just with the momentum that he had on the floor. He was plus 19. I believe he led the team and plus minus uh, on that game, every time he came in, something good happened. And every time he was, and he was a part of a lot of plays. You mentioned his defense. I want to shout out his defense, especially because we've talked about how his defense has not necessarily caught up to his offense yet. And be, maybe because of the, the lateral quickness that you need or just the confidence you need uh, that he doesn't have fully yet from his knee injuries is probably what was holding him back. I thought he played great defense on several possessions in this game where he had the guy in front of him to the point where the guy would get frustrated. There was one guy on, on the app state team that was really good in the first half. Michael Alamancy had like 17 points in the first half. 
he had zero points in the second half. And when A.J. Griffin was in the game, he was checking him. Wendell Moore was checking him. And both of them, I thought, did a great job keeping him in front of him and frustrating him to the point where he would have to throw the ball away or give up a, a you know give up a shot that was contested. And he didn't score in the second half. So I want to shout out A.J. Griffin, not just for his offense, but just for his defense, because you don't get a plus minus of plus 19 with just we're just scoring the ball. You get it because you you locked out on defense and you're part of the setup on transition on offense. And he was a part of that. And every single it felt like every single time he was on the floor, something good happened and a lot of good happened for Duke on that night. And speaking of the defense, despite the fact that App State was able to make it close there in the first few minutes of the second half, by the end of the game, App State had only hit about 30% of their three-pointers and only 40% overall from the field, which if, if Duke is able to limit opponents to, to 40% from the field, that's a great night. Like Regardless of how the, of how the momentum feels and the tempo feels, uh, you got to be happy with the, with the overall performance in terms of Duke getting App State to not take ideal shots and then also um app state missing those shots is uh is somewhat a credit to duke there's a lot of uh there are a lot of like longer twos that you can see on the shot chart for app state and that is duke forcing app state out of the paint and not letting them get everything they wanted on thursday let's look at the bad very quickly um because there were a few things i think that that could be considered uh tune-up opportunities for duke in this game so donald what did you have for the bad against app state I thought we played sloppy uh, compared to the South Carolina state game where we said we really didn't have a lot of rust. I thought we played a little sloppier. Uh, there was a couple of times in the second half and then the first half where coach K called some timeouts and he was really giving the team the business in that huddle to get them back focused on playing Duke basketball. Cause there's, I mean, while it ended up being a great game and, and app state has, a, you have to give them a lot of credit for how they played. They showed up and were ready for the opportunity to play in Cameron. There was points where our guys were playing a little sloppy. It doesn't really show on the stat sheet. Like we only had nine turnovers, but it doesn't mean we took some bad shots. We would have a sequence where, you know, we blew a layup or something like that. And then the, they absolutely would go down and get a three pointer. Those little swings are little things that I know coach K it grinds his gears. He wants them to be worked on now so that in the ACC season, we don't pay for those as much as we would do against a team like app state. So that was the first main thing that I saw was that just overall it wasn't it wasn't as fluid and as polished an output by Duke as it was against South Carolina State. I think one thing you can point to is that App State was able to pull down 13 offensive rebounds and there's an element of Duke getting set on defense and 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 you know some of that is the is the is the poor shot selection for App State actually sometimes leads to offensive rebounds but uh, some of that is Duke just, as you said, being a little tighter, being a little bit more focused um, in, in this game. You've got like Mark Williams only only grabs three defensive rebounds the whole night and plays 24 minutes. I think that's emblematic of of there's just a little bit of slop that's still here. I think that's understandable. There's probably some rust left over. It's a quick turnaround, et cetera, et cetera. Um, good learning opportunities for Duke and fine for them to, to show up in in 25 point victories. So. Uh, I, I think that's it for the for the App State game. Donald, any any final thoughts on on that game or your trip to Cameron before we take the break? Oh, I, I I'm looking forward to going back. Uh, hopefully, I can get back for a couple of games this year. I'm really trying to bring my godson to see the goat before he moves on, um, and and so hopefully I'll be able to do that. But uh, yeah, it was a great great night. 
Um, great to be back in Cameron and really just keep, keep that energy because the energy is going to be very, very much needed down the stretch, especially again, with some of this flexibility that we're going to have to endure when it comes to COVID, it seems like we're back in the scenario where we're going to have to, you know, make sure that we're ready at any time to play. And so that means Cameron needs to be ready at any time to rock. All right. We will take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Elon game that did end up getting played eventually, despite all the scheduling challenges and we'll do player of the week. So stick around. So as we said, the second game that Duke played sort of since the last time we podcasted was against the Elon Phoenix. This was the game that had to get rescheduled a couple times and had multiple opponents that uh, sort of failed to appear. But uh, Duke eventually gets to play Elon Saturday afternoon in Cameron. The final score, 87 to 56. This one didn't feel like a close game at all. So Donald, I will start with the headlines. What did you have for the Elon game? Duke rises to unexpected challenge and victory over Elon. Yeah, I had walk on shine in route of Elon because uh, we've got 11 total minutes played by the walk ons and five points, which is. Uh, and the, which is and a- that stat game is over. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> it's, that, was a, uh, that was an incredibly strong output um, for, uh, for the walk ons. So I don't know if I, if I need to start there. But Donald, give me, give me the good from the Elon game, which, as I said, uh, you know, if you're looking at the at the game flow, um, it's basically just two lines diverging from each other right from the start. Yeah. And, and I want to start with Trevor Keels. I thought Trevor Keels, we've, we've talked about him on this show as being a guy who's kind of had a couple of up and down games recently. He had a really good game against Elon and having his confidence with being able to get into the paint and make baskets, go to the line, make free throws and even make the occasional three pointer. It, it bleeds to the rest of the team and it shows that he's, I mean, he's still one of the strongest freshmen in the country in college basketball. And last night he was able to show that and he hasn't been able to do that as much as he's wanted to the past couple of weeks. So I'm really glad to see that he had a really good output. I will admit that uh, I was only able to watch like certain highlights of this game because uh, YouTube TV is in a dispute with Disney. So all of the ESPN and ACC network channels were removed from my uh, cable lineup. So but I was relying on the ESPN app for a lot of highlights, but I'll tell you a lot of the highlights are Trevor Keels doing work. So I, I, I really think the stat sheet shows that reflects that as well. So you know, Trevor Keels keep doing what he's doing and getting inside and being able to make good decisions with the basketball, including putting in the net. Trevor Keels is going to be good first down the stretch. If we can get him to be consistent in, in scoring and, and getting to the line. Yeah, the Google versus Disney uh, corporate fight that's going on right now about about streaming services is uh, definitely something that we would put into the bad if we were a uh, yeah. if we were a uh, uh, consumer tech uh, podcast. But we are not. We're Duke basketball report. So I also had Trevor Keels, Donald, as the, as the highlight for me. Um, probably got to see him at his most aggressive that we've seen maybe even since the Kentucky game which is really great to see. And still, like you said, some room for improvement, I think, beyond the arc. This, unfortunately, was a game where Duke, and I, and I guess I'm highlighting my bad before <laughs> before uh, I actually have to get there, but not a game where Duke was as strong from beyond the arc as they were against App State, just 32%. 
Um, Keels though did have did have one of those made baskets, and uh, and and I thought that that he played outstanding. Wendell Moore again um, just continues to be like this this rock for a Duke team um, that I, I don't know that we expected. So that that was what I had um, on the good. This was a tough one to to have big takeaways from. It's obviously a quick turnaround for both teams to get ready for. And Elon was was pretty overmatched. We didn't really get to preview them um, before the game because we didn't have a podcast. But um, it, it seemed like it was a tough night for Elon. Hopefully, it's a great memory uh, that they got to play in Cameron. So, Donald, I guess I'll I'll switch then to the bad. Um, what was the bad that you took away from this game? Well, for against South Carolina State and against Appalachian State, the two states that we played this week, we made 15 three-pointers. I know we talked about it before the break. It was the first time ever, I believe, that Duke has made 15 three-pointers in back-to-back games. We cooled off a little bit with our shooting just overall in this game. And, and I think that's in part due to, one, the quick turnaround. We've had three games this week. The change in opponents and just the preparation for a new opponent with, like, eight hours to spare is probably not uh, – probably didn't help uh, with the execution. Uh, so I will say shout-out to our guys for toughing through that because I know that's a difficult situation to prepare for three – uh, three opponents, but I, I think when you get down to it, the shooting is going to be our Achilles heel this year. Our free throw shooting is going to be our Achilles heel this year. We were 60% from the line. We were 32% from three point. Those are going to be things that are going to be frustrating for me because I know we can shoot very well and it's not going to happen every single game. So I, I, I recognize that. But I think that's where we can lose games. If we don't shoot the ball well, then teams can get back into the game and eventually beat us like Ohio State did a couple of weeks ago. So let's hopefully the shooting becomes more consistent as we enter ACC season. And hopefully this is just the case of they had to prepare for Elon on eight, nine hours notice. And just the execution wasn't there because of that. Yeah, this was a tough game, Donald, to for me to take too much bad from. Again, kind of a blowout and and was sort of that way, like right from the jump. Um, I hope that uh, I hope that Duke is able to take all three of these games with a bit of a from this week with a bit of a grain of salt heading into ACC play because I don't think there are ACC opponents that are going to wilt as much as these final non-conference opponents were. So, with that said, let's do Player of the Week. Uh, Jason's not here to to give his vote, but we will do ours. So, Donald, uh, because you're the only one I can toss to. You get to go first. Give me your player of the week for these three games that Duke played coming out of exam break. Well, I think we've talked about a couple of these guys this week, and I want to shout out one in particular. My player of the week, this is going to be a surprise to most, Keenan Worthington. Why? Because he had probably the highlight of the week uh, with his tip dunk against South Carolina State. But really, I say it's Keenan Worthington because he got to play all three games. All the walk-ons got burned in all these games. And it's a good sight to have them get playing time that they deserve. They are showing up. They're putting in the effort and practice just like the rest of our stars uh, and the starters and the scholarship players. I know he just became a scholarship player this year, but as we said in the, in the stats game, we're treating them as walk-ons for the purpose of they're not getting much playing time. But when he came on this week, every single time he made an impact on the score sheet whether it be a tip dunk, three-pointer, put back, layup, free throw, whatever it was, defense. Keenan Worthington showed why we root so hard for the walk-ons. And so I want to give my uh, – I want to send shout-out really to all of the walk-ons for how they played this week because we got to see them quite a bit this week. 
and really appreciated the effort that they put in. But Keenan Worthington is my player of the week for the reason of he had probably the highlight of the week with that tip dunk. I'm going to go with AJ Griffin, who we have not had a chance to give player of the week to yet this season, because admittedly there just hasn't been, there haven't been that many highlights from him, but 20 minutes a night over double digits, uh, averaging uh, on points for the week and just contributing a lot more. I don't know that he was the most important player. Like he's not, he's not the star of this Duke team, but this was a, a huge week for AJ Griffin, enormous for his development and hopefully for his confidence heading into ACC play. So my player of the week is AJ Griffin with that. Like I said, we have uh, Duke's first ACC game is against Virginia tech. That's on Wednesday. We will actually come back to preview that game because Jason will be able to join us uh, in, in a day or two to do that. So be on the lookout before the Wednesday night game for our take on the Virginia tech Hokies before the game starts. And then of course we will recap that game. Uh, Duke will then have another week off around Christmas before uh, playing Clemson after the break. So uh, we'll be back again in the next couple of days to talk Virginia Tech. But uh, until then, stay in touch with us, dbrpodcast at gmail.com. Got a lot of great emails this week. I, I, I goofed, I think, a little bit before uh, leading into this show. I, I, I should have prepared more of the, more of the questions from listeners because I think we've had a few coming in. So, so hopefully we get to make time to address some of those questions, especially as there are fewer games over the, over the winter holiday. And uh, so anyway, keep keep emailing us, uh, rate and review the podcast wherever you find us. Stay subscribed. All the things that podcast hosts tell you to do for Donald Wine, who is somewhere down the street from me for Jason Evans, who is not here, but uh, would love to be and would love to tell you how much he enjoyed seeing Duke beat Elon. I am Sam Klein. This has been episode three, six, nine of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. Duke Band, take us home. 